There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So you're the devil, and you've left hell behind to take a vacation in Los Angeles. Well, where else would I go? Lucifer Morningstar. Is that a stage name or something? God-given, I'm afraid. He could be the devil. I think you have a visitor. Your return to the underworld has been requested. <sighs> Look, remind Dad that I quit hell because I was sick and tired of playing a part in this play. <clears throat> Your time here on Earth is affecting you, dear brother. You're changing. My life has changed. I'm bleeding. What's happening to me? Why is it that sometimes I'm immortal and other times I'm all too human? Chloe Decker is the one causing your vulnerability. You're gonna help me get Lucifer back to hell. Sometimes the people closest to you can turn on you. I'm a wanted man. Who do you want me to kill? I got Lucifer Morningstar. You're not immortal anymore. Bye-bye, devil. I'm a wanted man. <gasps> Sweet home. This isn't possible. It's hope. Someone's escaped from hell. Lucifer. Who escaped hell? Mum. Welcome to part two of our Lucifer episode, which also has been covering the devil's advocate too, and just generally talking about the concept of an evil out there at an existential level, shall we say. This is part two. In the TV show, Lucifer, he always introduced himself as Lucifer Morningstar. And if you haven't seen the TV show, I just mentioned that it might have just been cancelled, but there are 50, 60 episodes out there on Amazon and other various streaming platforms. Check it out, because I'm about to not give it credit, so give me a minute or two, but then you'll see that, yeah, okay, fine. It, it's, it's definitely worth checking out. So the, the, the basic idea is... Lucifer has decided that he's bored of running hell and he's sort of fed up of doing what God's told him to do. And so he's gone on holiday and now he's running a nightclub in Los Angeles. And what does he look like? 
He looks like a handsome man with a little bit of stubble. He's always wearing a suit with a shirt and two un- two buttons undone at the front of it. And it's 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 a lot of fun. Fundamentally, what it is is a police procedural. Lucifer bumps into this female police officer, and for various convoluted reasons, they end up working together. But it is that standard police procedural that you've seen from the 1960s onwards, which is basically two detectives turn up at a murder. They go around for the whole episode talking to people. Turns out one of those people did the murder. They find that out by the end of the episode job done, move on to the next episode. If you're sitting there going, "Mm, that doesn't sound all that great. Well, if you've got something so high concept going on at the start of the actual, the whole concept of the TV show, you might as well batten down the hatches in terms of making a, a, I can definitely follow it type storyline. This isn't Westworld. This isn't Game of Thrones, okay? So what that means is it allows Lucifer to be the center of the actual plot. And actually it's it's the characterization of Lucifer. And yes, of course we have people from heaven coming down saying, uh, could you go back to hell and get things up and running again? <laughs> and Lucifer's response is basically, or what? I've already been cast out of heaven. What can you do to me? You know, that, that, that's me done. So um, yeah, and, and, and interestingly, Lucifer Morningstar, and indeed the, the the name of his club is called Lux. All these things are interli- interlinked. Lucifer is a slight vulgarization of the Latin, which means the bringer of light. And that was also the name of Venus, the planet Venus. It's sometimes called the morning star because it's, it can be very bright on the horizon when, when morning's there. So when he's introducing himself as Lucifer morning star, in a sense, he's introducing himself as the bringer of light, the bringer of light. He's technically using the same phrase twice, but it all does hang on the fact that the devil is not necessarily some horned goat with bat wings who's just out to get people. And what's interesting in the show, and what's interesting in the Devil's Advocate movie, is the devil basically says, I get blamed for an awful lot of your stuff. All I do is reveal your desires. I don't make you do anything. You are just weak. You just follow your desires. Rather than doing the hard right thing, all too often mankind goes the easy way. And I think that's interesting to to pause on for a moment because we love blaming external things. In society, generally, when times are tough, we tend to blame immigrants or another country or perhaps uh, an unpopular group, as in political organization, in our own country. So it's very easy to push the blame out. But the thing is, how often have we been a bit rubbish? It is interesting that you get an awful lot of, as I said, these screenwriters and writers in general showing pity for the devil, because he's blamed for a lot of stuff that he didn't actually cause in the first place. In in particular, you've got this wonderful speech, as I said, from uh, Al Pacino at the end of Devil's Advocate, who's saying, you know, look at God's rules. It's terrible. You know, you're not allowed to look. Okay, you can look, but you're not allowed to touch. You can touch, but you're not allowed to taste. You can taste, but you're not allowed to enjoy it. Who are you carrying all those bricks for anyway? God? Is that it? God? Well, I tell you, let me give you a little inside information about God. God likes to watch. He's a prankster. Think about it. 
He gives man instincts. He gives you this extraordinary gift, and then what does he do? I swear, for his own amusement, his own private cosmic gag reel, he sets the rules in opposition. It's the goof of all time. Look, but don't touch. Touch, but don't taste. Taste, don't swallow. <laughs> and while you're jumping from one foot to the next, what is he doing? He's laughing his sick fucking ass off. He's a tight ass. He's a sadist. He's an absentee landlord. Worship that never. Better to reign in hell than serve in heaven. Is that it? Why not? I'm here on the ground with my nose in it since the whole thing began. I've nurtured every sensation man has been inspired to have. I cared about what he wanted, and I never judged him. Why? Because I never rejected him, in spite of all his imperfections. I'm a fan of man! I'm a humanist. Maybe the last humanist. Who, in their right mind, Kevin, could possibly deny the 20th century was entirely mine? All of it, Kevin! All of it. Mine. I'm peeking, Kevin. It's my time now. It's our time. Anybody want a drink? I'm having a drink. It's like, what kind of perverse powers, crazy dictator would come up with those sorts of rules? And that, to be fair, is an awful lot of the Bible. But again, you get some Christians turning around and saying, you talk about Christian morality, as if no other religion, no other place in the world has morality. And what's interesting is the whole thou shalt not kill, that's in pretty much every culture, almost Every culture has an idea of, do you know what? You shouldn't go around murdering people. Do you know what? You shouldn't go around stealing from people. We should protect children. You should try and have a confined family. You shouldn't go and have 27 wives and, you know, go to other countries and start new families. That's generally not a good thing. So, you know, of course, you can get differences, but... The reality is that, that I think human beings are generally hardwired for certain forms of behavior. And the devil is therefore our get-out clause in a lot of occasions, which isn't particularly fair because we should take our own responsibility. And this, again, goes back to one of the problems. There's actually a whole area of philosophy and theology about the problem of evil or the hypocrisy of evil. Because, of course, if God is all-knowing, all-powerful and created everything and God created a perfect universe, then why do we have pain and suffering and so on and so forth? And there are some Christians who believe that the devil is not an actual being, but the devil is suffering. The devil is temptation. The devil is almost a concept or the vacuum in your in your brain where you lose morality. That's the devil. The devil is the vacuum rather than the devil is a little demon in your in the back of your head going, hee hee hee, you should do all these things. That 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 kind of idea. 
interesting. You know, this is, I'm trying to keep it light. This is about pop culture and I'm talking about two movies here. And I so recommend, if you have not seen Devil's Advocate, that's a great place to start. Look, I could think of far worse things you could spend two hours watching. It's a rip-roaring ride. Yes, if you like, I've given away the twist that, oh, it does turn out definitely that Al Pacino's the devil. But if you haven't got that in the first 10 minutes, the movie's called Devil's Advocate, okay? If you can't work out that twist from early on, that's on you, really. Uh, and actually, is worth pointing out that Devil's Advocate, bizarrely, used to be, up until, you know, the 1980s, an actual position in the Roman Catholic Church, in the Vatican in Rome. Because the idea was this, if you're going to canonize, that's the technical term for turning somebody into a saint, if you're going to canonize somebody, well, there are a lot of charlatans out there, and, and even the Catholic Church knows that. So, when somebody puts together all the evidence of, okay, there's X, and all these alleged miracles are meant to have happened around X, does that mean that we should turn X into a saint? And so there's the position of the devil's advocate where they turn around and go, well, that could have been faked and oh, that's just hearsay and oh, there's no evidence of that so that they can actually be rigorous in turning people into saints or not. And if you don't know, there are actually different levels of saints. You've probably all heard of Edward the Confessor, you know, that king of England who died in 1066 with no kids, which led to all the events of 1066. He wasn't called Edward the Confessor in his lifetime. He didn't go round confessing all the time, but he was known as a very spiritual man, which is one of the reasons why he didn't have any kids, which makes him a terrible king for the record, but it does make him a worthy man showing signs of chastity, etc. Okay, but here's the thing. He was starting down the process of being turned into a saint. The, if you like, the lowest level of canonization is being confessor. And you get to Henry III, King of England, about 200 years later, and he was so enamored by Edward the Confessor, he named his own son Edward, which he became confusingly known as Edward I. But it shows you that you know, even in the medieval era, people were beginning to understand that there was religious connotations going with this old Anglo-Saxon king of England. And had Henry VIII not split from the Roman Catholic Church in the 1500s, had that not happened, and certainly by now we wouldn't be calling him Edward the Confessor, he would be Saint Edward, but because he's now part of the Church of England technically, well, the Catholics are busy canonizing other people rather than Ed. Sorry, Ed tough luck to you. But what's interesting, it was Pope John Paul II who got rid of the devil's advocate position. And it was under Pope John Paul II, you had more saints being created in his time of being Pope than all the other popes put together. It became a factory line of popiness turning into people into saints. So there you go. Devil's advocate, real position, that really happened for priests, not for bad guys. And all of that you can get from Devil's Africa. But as like I say, it's a really fun film. And it, but I'm not going to say, oh, it's popcorn entertainment, because it does strike on some pretty fundamental natures about evil. 
And going to Lucifer, I would so recommend, if you're the sort of person like me who has to do a fair bit of traveling, and it's like, oh, what am I going to load up onto my iPad? You maybe not want, want the world's heaviest thing, but if you want to see something where there is just this devilish... By the way, every time Lucifer sings a song, or every time there's, some, there's a, a tune in the background, it's always to do with the devil. A little bit like um, American Werewolf in, Par in, in London, then every single song's about got the word moon in the title. So that's a clever little thing going on there but it's interesting at one point in lucifer he's having a conversation with a basically a messenger from god the father as he refers to him or my father he says he says look am i evil because i was sent to hell without any say in the matter and that doesn't necessarily make me evil i'm just doing a job i was given now obviously that's actually fairly different to what happened in Christianity or what what it says in the Bible. But it's a fair comment, because if the devil is running hell and punishing all the wicked, that's actually, you know, you don't think of a judge as being a or, or an executioner in and of themselves being inherently evil. They're just the ones carrying out the orders. And it's actually God who's allowing him to do this. So that's an interesting way of, of looking at things. So where do we get this sort of more modern idea of the devil being a lord of darkness, a prince of evil, all that kind of stuff, the lord of lies and flies and everything else? And the answer is, that's the good old Middle Ages. The Middle Ages really did build on a lot of this stuff. Uh, for example, there's the Apocrypha. If you don't know what that is, and I love this story, basically there's the Old Testament and New Testament in the Bible, right? Well, in the Middle Ages, there were these other books which sort of filled in the gaps. One of the slightly odd things about the New Testament is we hear about Jesus' birth and then we jump all the way to his ministry on the planet, which is leaves about a 30-year gap. There's one story about him sort of having arguments with the money lenders and all that kind of stuff, but that, that's it. That's it in terms of sort of 30-odd years of Jesus' life. So the Apocrypha sort of fills in the gaps and talks a little bit more about... God and the devil and a few other things as well. And you get things like the Book of Enoch. Now, what happened is round about the Renaissance, people were going back and going, hang on, you know this part of the Bible? It's never mentioned in the early part, earlier versions of the Bible. Somebody's written this at some point. And so it was yanked out. Now it gets technical because there are some people who think that it's secondary or of secondary source in terms of holiness. There are other people who just dismiss it as a medieval fake. And it kind of doesn't matter because it seeped into European consciousness. And actually with the Apocrypha and also generally with the attitudes of medieval people, that is what turned the this fallen angel bearer of light who's trapped in a place who cannot interact with god anymore that is the punishment of the devil into this sort of guy who's interacting with people all the time and actually is more powerful now for the record in the book of revelations of course you've got judgment day and you have this war in heaven between heaven and hell and that's that's weird as well because if god's all powerful then he just needs to click his fingers and job done. But it seems to be far more of a, a battle than that, which does somewhat undermine God's omnipotence and, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, all, overall power. Th that is weird. It is a weird disconnect in logic between what God is and suddenly God's fighting. And also the fact that it's already written down that the devil's going to lose. It's almost like, well, why is he bother turning up? Why is he just sort of stay in, in, in hell and just in, enjoy the 
coffee or something. So, um, yeah, there's an awful lot. I mean, there is nothing more human than looking at something like the devil. And therefore, you could say that while on the surface, these are frothy fun, Devil's Advocate and the TV series Lucifer, the reality is underneath, there's a lot going on. It tells you a lot about how you view that TV show, a little bit about your own personal philosophies and your own theological concepts. I'm sure that there are some Christian groups who are horrified about showing the devil in such a positive light, but they themselves probably haven't been reading up on the bits of the Bible that tell you that actually the devil in in essence is something not to be worried about, really. Oh, and by the way, so he's called Lucifer, his surname's Morningstar, and he runs a nightclub called Lux, and Lux is the Latin for light. It's where you get the word Lucifer from, or the first half of it. So light is everywhere in, in this story, and actually, weirdly, He's a very sympathetic character uh, and he sort of he sort of condemns humans and he is always out for trying to punish the wicked. And, and there's one point very early on, I think it's the second episode, or maybe the first episode, he gets very upset when uh, somebody's sort of about to die and they go, don't worry, he'll get his just desserts in the afterlife. And he goes, no, he won't because I'm not there. And then sort of like decides to threaten to scare this person uh, just before they die, just to get a little bit of revenge. Maybe it's not noble, but it is very human. So, that is Neon's take on the Devil's Advocate and Lucifer. I hope you've had one hell of a ride. Oh, sorry, I'll stop the puns. I apologise, okay? Thanks very much for listening. Coming up next week, we're looking at something that I have very divided opinions on. Yes, next week, we're looking at Braveheart. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.